November. It is. And I am just shocked by I was still living in the glory of Halloween and I opened my Instagram on November 1st and it's just Christmas everywhere, which I love Christmas. Do not get me wrong. But I I still had my Halloween decorations up until like November 3rd. And mine are yeah, mine are still up. And all of a sudden, Christmas is everywhere. Which, yeah, I don't mind it because I like I like having another thing to look forward to, but I feel like that we just need a few more days of mourning. Yeah, it just kind of smacked me in the face. Yeah, because I think so. I mean, oh, there were all those memes and people were immediately encroaching on on Halloween with, with Christmas. I feel like a week before Halloween, there were all these things like Mariah Carey's coming, like Christmas this, yes. Christmas that. People were watching the holiday instead of Practical Magic. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Just like give us our time. Give us the space we need to mourn the end of Halloween. And that I think deserves at least a week. I agree. Because this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And for those of you watching, well, first of all, we are your ghostesses, Corinne and Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode. And we are recording a portion of it with stories for our Patreon donors to watch and if you're watching, Leia jumped up behind me as I was reading a Pretty Litter ad and started playing, and it's so cute. She knows. She she knows she's a she prop knows. here. <laughs> <laughs> also, we signed on for this and are matching. Yes, we're both wearing black. And our hair is parted in the middle. Yeah, we're very – I feel like this is the most matching we can possibly be, given yeah. that we're, like, working from home, living from home. Yes. And I hardly put on normal clothes. I never do anymore. Yeah. I mean, you have necklaces on. That's really nice. Oh, I don't ever take them off. That's the only thing. Oh, that's how I am with my earrings. And I started thinking about it the other day that I should really take them out and wash them because I bet they smell nasty. You know when you get like kind of that ear crud? Oh, I know that smell. Ooh. Yeah. It smells so gross. It does. It does. Wow. Man. Okay. But back to Halloween. I was talking before we get into your listener stories. On Halloween, I was walking around the neighborhood. Well, okay. There's so much to tell you. So- The neighborhood near where I live, it's in Santa Monica, there is a family on 16th Street in Santa Monica that every year for the last, I don't know, forever long they've been living there, go all the freaking, like, they they go all out. It is wild. They had they like, are who a we hope to production be production crew. They had a cast. They have this no massive way. party every year on Halloween. And yeah, so we ended up Googling them and the dad, I think, works in production And I want to somehow get him on the podcast and talk to them about this because they've been doing it for years. And they like truly like it's – Can anyone go? No, you have to invite only. So like I need to like make the connection, get him on the podcast. I thought you got invited. I was just going to ask how you – No, no, no. We need – I Googled. I I creeped. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's so cool. How cool would it be to bring them on and find out how they set up this party so that I I can steal the ideas (laughs) for my future parties? Or at least the contacts of who sets up and does all of this I know. for them. Yeah, it's so cool. I, I put a lot of pictures on my Instagram. That's brilliant. I hope to one day be able to finagle that type of, of party. You will be flying out every year to my Halloween party. Okay. Okay, <laughs> perfect. I'm down. 
You know what I love That's about awesome. Halloween is, and I was talking about this with friends the other day too, is I feel like so many other holidays, so there's a lot more pressure, like Christmas, you've, you know, pressure mm-hmm. of getting gifts for your family, or there's just like so much familial pressure around other holidays, Thanksgiving, you know, Rosh Hashanah, whatever it may be. Like there's just so much familial pressure. Halloween mm-hmm. is like the only holiday where it is just based around bliss. It's for you. It's for you. It's yes. like, like you get to revert to a child. You get to eat candy. And, exactly. And no one cares world. who you dress up as. Your yeah. costume is for you it's and for your you. own pleasure and enjoyment. Yeah. I agree. That's a really good observation. Thank you. And I did win. So can we talk about your <laughs> costume now? <laughs> yes, because I won best costume <laughs> at the party I went to and I'm the <laughs> As you should. <laughs> My favorite text that I – well – I think my favorite text from you was that you were like, you need to answer your FaceTime. And I did. And you were both <laughs> I lost my mind, took a screenshot and showed everybody at the party and no one knew who you were. Oh, but my I God. Like, I was like, this is my friend, Sabrina. Look. But my favorite text that I got from you the following day was when you said someone asked me if I was a boy or if I was a girl. And that person like continued to – I had never met them before. I still to this day don't know their name because I they never introduced themselves to me. They apparently had like a family fem- member who loved and loves Harry Potter. So every so often I would just like feel someone watching me and I'd look to like my left <laughs> and he would just be filming me. <laughs> no. And I was like – Paparazzi. This is weird but also <laughs> – I'm unrecognizable, so it doesn't bother me. I mean, your costume was phenomenal. And (laughs) I'm almost – I'm not upset with you because (laughs) it was so great. But I don't think you set anyone up for the proper amount of – I don't know what I'm trying to say. But basically, a few days before Halloween, you said on the podcast, oh, I haven't planned anything. It's going to be super last minute. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I had very low, low stakes, and it was shocking to the system to see what you dressed up as. It's funny, on Wednesday, the Wednesday before Halloween, my neighbor had a little Halloween potluck, and so we were over there, and she was saying that she was going to dress up as a Slytherin. And she's like, I have the dark mark tattoos. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, Corinne has always been talking to me about dressing up as Voldemort. I ask you every year to dress up as Every year. And then I kind of like just was like, should I do it? So I start looking on Amazon, like, how quick can bald caps get here? How quick can I get like a Voldemort (laughs) cape? And they got the, they, they all arrived on Saturday morning, which is like Saturday was the party. So it was perfect timing. And I had a backup costume because I was like, truly like it could get delayed and not arrive on time. Right. So... I had a backup costume and I was prepared to do either one, whichever happened. And then I, if Voldemort happened. I do have a question because I was obviously took screenshots and was zooming in on all the details of your costume. <gasps> How did you breathe? It looks like your nose was completely taped. It was taped down. So your mouth breather, I was a mouth truly breather, a mouth which breather works for night. Voldemort. Because, But yeah. you know what? And you know what's funny? So I typically, I mean, I think ever, this is a universal thing hate taking mm-hmm. shots because they're not enjoyable. They don't taste good. But because my nose was taped down, I couldn't smell it. So taking them was <laughs> so easy. Wow. That's something you never think about. Yeah. Voldemort helped me out. That's awesome. Your costume. I mean, I, I told everybody. <laughs> I sent pictures to people who do not know who you are. 
it's something I'm going to brag about for years. I know. I don't you know how I'll ever the, outdo it. I kind of feel so like how you you felt in the past years just because you've gone so above and beyond. And then how do you? Oh, well, Bigfoot, I feel like I could never It just now I almost feel like there's no pressure because I'm just like, I can do whatever I yeah. want because nothing will be as enjoyable as keeping Bigfoot as a secret from everyone and then <laughs> revealing it. <laughs> that was great. That was great. That was. But yeah, Voldemort, I think, was your peak. And I think it, it just – it was just so good. Like, it didn't look half-assed at all. It was Thank so you. good. Yeah, it was a lot of work. I mean, I put the bald cap on and then I put, like, masking tape to, like, keep it down. Then you have to use latex glue and then – you like paint it all white and then you have to do tape your nose down, like fully like masking tape it down and then put latex glue on that or liquid latex, I should say. And then it's just like a lot of makeup and like shadowing. Did anyone know you were doing it? Allegra because she was a Slytherin, the Slith to my Voldy and then Nick and a few people. And then ev- but everyone else was mostly shocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wish I could. I wish your entrance was filmed into the party. <laughs> I'm actually glad you didn't answer my first FaceTime because I was FaceTiming you with just the bald cap on because I was home alone putting the bald cap on. And I was like, I just need to show someone what I look like bald. <laughs> I am glad you answered when it was in full effect. Full bald. <laughs> I'm so glad you called me back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, Halloween was fun. It was it was great. It I was think great. great for such a a low pressure, number one, a low pressure holiday. And also coming, I mean, obviously we're still in a in a pandemic, but I feel like last year there was hardly anything. This year there was more going on. And then I just feel like next year is gonna be a rager. Oh yeah. Halloween. And we're gonna be together. It's gonna be great. I know. I'm already starting to plan my costume. I think I need to like hire someone to help me. Oh my gosh. If I commit to this one, I I think I need backup. Help. You already have an idea? Yes. I'm really good at special effects makeup if you need help. I, oh, I will. <laughs> I really will. But you'll have to tell me what it is beforehand so I can prep and watch videos. Well, you know how to put on bald caps, and I think that that will likely be a part Ooh, of the costume. Okay. So. This is a clue. A clue. Hmm. Everyone will forget by next year. I know. I forget everything we say on this podcast. So I know, honestly, I have realized from the green room thing, our listeners know so much about us and the things that we say, but you and I have, we don't know. No idea. We don't know anything. I mean, even my dad had texted and said, everyone wants to hear Nick's catchphrase when we were on green room. And for my dad to know that what everyone was typing out was Nick's catchphrase. And you and I were like, what does that mean? Come over here. People want to hear your catchphrase and we have no idea what it is. You know... This is like four years of content in our – there's not a much – That's there's not enough room in our brains. No. No. I f- forget a lot of things about myself. But I think it's one of those things like you remember things about other people but mm-hmm. less about yourself, right? Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Maybe. Or I just don't remember. I don't know. I remember a lot about. about serial killers and very little about anything else. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's accurate. We all have our interests. Yeah. But we are here to read your ghost stories because that's what an encounter is. And we should just get started. Let's go. Let's do you it. You can start us off passing the baton. Okay. So this is from Caitlin, and she is actually one of our Patreon donors. So Caitlin, you'll be able to see us read your story on Patreon. Okay. She has two stories, and the first one is called Grandpa's Ghost. Hi, my name is Caitlin. I just found your podcast, and I love it because I love ghosts. This was also back in 2018. She said, so jealous that y'all went to Salem. I want to go so bad. So here's my story. The first year, my now husband, John, and I started dating. 
I met him while he was living in North Carolina, and we had a long-distance relationship for two years before he decided to move up to Virginia, and we have been together ever since. So, anywho, here's my story. I was sleeping on the couch in his parents' house in North Carolina because my husband's old room only had a twin bed. At around midnight, I kind of woke up, and before opening my eyes, it felt like someone was looking at me. I opened my eyes to see a shadow of an old man sitting in the corner of the room. I ran into the bedroom that John was sleeping in and quietly told him that I needed him to come into the living room with me. I went on to describe to him what the man looked like, and he kind of made fun of me because he does not believe in ghosts. So I asked him not to mention it to his family the next day. I eventually fell asleep again after watching an episode of Paula Deen's cooking show. And the next morning, I acted as if nothing happened, and as we were watching the morning news together... I happened to glance at a photo up on the mantle and realized that was the man I saw the night before. I whispered to John that the man I saw was the person in the photo. Turns out it was his grandfather who died three years before John and I ever knew each other. After realizing who it was I saw the night before, John decided to tell his parents. And thankfully, they didn't think I was crazy. My (laughs) mom-in-law just told me that Grandpa Joe was checking in to make sure I was a good fit for his grandson. I never saw Grandpa Joe again, and John and I have been together for 10 years now, happily married for two and a half years. Her second story is called Black Eyed Kids, maybe. I have been suffering from sleep paralysis for a few years now. Usually I just wake up but can't move and I feel like something's holding me down and I'm frozen in my bed. But sometimes I see things. Usually if I see things, I see them up on the ceiling and it's usually a giant spider or dark mist terrifying. Last night slash early this morning is the scariest to date. I have serious anxiety and I'm starting to shake just writing this. So here we go. I'm not sure what time it was this morning when all of it happened, but I woke up at some point and felt sleep paralysis coming on and I saw two small children with dark eyes grinning and staring at me. I couldn't move and I couldn't look away. My whole body started shaking. My heart started pounding and all I could do was cry. I woke up my husband once I could move again, and the children were gone. My husband grabbed me and buried me in his chest so I couldn't see anything around me until I eventually fell back asleep. Help! LOL, I'm not sure if it's my house that could have something in it or if it's just me that's haunted. Congrats, Sabrina, on your engagement. So happy for you. Y'all are beautiful and amazing spooky women. See y'all on the other side. Caitlin. I mean, two very different experiences. Yeah. I think her sighting of his grandfather is almost like his approval yeah. of her. The induction into the family. Welcome. Yes. A nice little welcome. Or honestly, maybe maybe she just has this ability to connect with spirits. And unintentionally, the grandfather was just there. Maybe he yeah. is from time to time checking on his grandson. And it just so happened that he was able to kind of like slip through the veil and connect with her unintentionally. She was like, whoops, yeah. this happened. Well, it does sound like both of these experiences happen while sleeping. So it does sound mm-hmm. like, you know, her guard is down as many of us while we're sleeping is true. But yeah, it sounds like so much of this happens while Caitlin's asleep. So maybe she's just more in tune with things while she's sleeping, which is unfortunate because who wants scary children right. or giant spiders and mist above their bed or staring at them while they're sleeping? I know. I wonder what the kids are. I feel like this is the first time we've heard of a sleep paralysis black-eyed kids, potential black-eyed kids encounter. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. 
it's kind of creepy regardless, especially to just stand there and kind of watch. Yeah. I feel like if it was the spirit of a little kid, it would be like kind of running around or I don't know, there'd be some movement. It wouldn't be so like creepy. It wouldn't be so creepy. I'm imagining the Shining twins. Yes, me too. I am curious. Okay, Caitlin, you'll have to let us know. When did all the sleep paralysis start? Because it might just be you if it's something that's you know, ex- you've experienced your whole life. But if it's, you know, related to the house, maybe there are darker spirits that live in the house and you're waking up to them watching you sleep. Mm-hmm. Not that that makes you feel any better, but then no. maybe there's cleansing of your home you can do. Right. Or at least something that you can do to protect yourself while you're sleeping. You might still see these things, but at least as these beings maybe become more comfortable and encroach on your space. Perhaps you'll be more protected. Yeah. We'll have to follow up. Yes. All right. Well, I have one that does not have creepy kids (laughs) and weird things on the on the ceiling. Good. This is from Joe. Joe's also a a Patreon donor. So Joe, this will also be be posted on Patreon. Great. Hello, ladies. I love the podcast and only about 40 episodes in. I love how much energy and emotion you bring to these things that I like to listen to. So my name is Joe, and I have two stories that I want to tell you. The first one is in two parts. The first part was when I was about four. This may sound weird, but I remember the feeling more than I actually remember what happened. But my grandma told me this story many times. So this happened in a little town in Tennessee. My folks dropped me off with my grandma. And at the time, I was the only grandchild, which means he was the favorite. (laughs) She told me that I was in her bedroom playing with my toys, making these sound effects and stuff. And she said that she was just enjoying listening to me. And then she said that it shifted to sound like I was speaking to someone. So she came in and she asked me what I was doing. She said I smiled up at her and said that I was talking to Jimmy. She said she was taken aback by the name, but smiled and asked me what I was talking about. And she said that I then giggled and I told her that we were talking about his sunshine. (gasps) At this, she picked me up and hugged me and started to cry. Oh no. She told me that my great grandpa's name was Jimmy (gasps) and his nickname for her was Sunshine. Oh my gosh. (gasps) Full body chills. That is so cute. She told this story every time the family came together. I don't remember saying any of it, and I was very young. So fast forward about 13 years. My grandma was not doing very well. She was not herself anymore. My dad and I went to see her, and she looked at us as we walked in and asked if we brought her lunch. Her lunch was already there, and she had eaten it already. So my dad sat in the chair at the end of the bed, and I was next to her. We were all just watching TV to spend some time with her. We'd been there for about 20 minutes, and she turns to look at me. Her face lights up, and she gives me a big smile. But what she says catches me off guard. She called me Pa. I blinked, but then this warm feeling came over me, and it was like someone else was there. The things that came from my lips did not come from me. Whoa. I know it sounds weird. It's the only way I can explain it. I just nodded to her as I spoke. Yes, sunshine, it's me. Oh, how I've missed you. But I've been here the whole time. She started to cry and raises her arms, and I moved to the bed to hug her. We're both crying, and this lasts for about 10 minutes before I spoke again. It's all right. You can rest now. Your family does not want you to suffer anymore. (laughs) As I held her, she kissed my cheek, and then I felt her take her last (gasps) breath. I laid back down, and I could not stop crying, and my dad watched it all, and he was crying as well. Oh, my gosh. That warm feeling that came over me is what I remember from when I was younger. I'm pretty sure my dad wouldn't have believed this had he not been in the room when it happened. Whoa. Okay. 
from one sad moment to another. This was a few years ago. My best friend or brother from another mother had been fighting cancer and he had beat it once, but it came back and he had not been honest with anyone about how bad it was. At this time, he was living in Northern California and I was in Ohio. We would text or play video games online and he and I would play these games and I could tell that he wasn't feeling great. And I told him that maybe he needed to rest and he could, but he said that he was fine. So I went with it. We had fun. We laughed at each other. We talked a lot about old times when we were younger. Unknown to me, this would be the last time that I would ever speak to him. Five days after, he lost his battle and he passed away. The night he passed, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I could not go back to sleep. Ten minutes after that, I got the call about him. My wife woke up to find me in the living room crying. I was a mess for most of the day. So many memories kept flooding back about him throughout the day. My wife said that I needed to get out of the house, so I went to the store, and I had left my phone at home for some reason. We come back home about an hour later, and there was a missed FaceTime call from my brother from another mother. I called it back, and no one answered. I called his mom and his girl, and neither of them said that they had called me from his phone. I just took this as him telling me goodbye, but still, I wonder what would have happened if I had been there to answer. Oh. So those are my stories. I hope you like them. Keep up the great work and see you on the other side. Joe. Whoa. Well, first of all, Joe, so sorry for your losses. I mean, that's I know. So sad. But it definitely I mean, it sounds like because Joe and his best friend slash brother were, you know, they were so close that the night he passed away, he woke up. And it's almost like he woke up at the time that he passed away. Right. He felt it. Like there's enough connection that something yeah. in his body like felt it it leaving and and moving on with his friend. Wow. But I mean, powerful that Joe has these experiences that he's communicated with and touched by these people who've passed over. And mm-hmm. it sounds like he can he can channel. Yeah. He can channel spirits. I was wondering if perhaps somehow him and his grandfather or great-grandfather are connected, whether it's spirit mm-hmm. guide or I don't know. I, th- there's something almost – it almost feels reincarnated, but I know that's not – I don't know how that would be true if he was talking to this, you know, to his great-grandfather's spirit. But, mm-hmm. like, they just have such a strong connection that he's able to, like, give over his body to his great-grandfather. Or if – yeah, maybe Maybe they're traveling just, souls. Oh, yeah. Ooh. You know, I believe that like not everyone in your familial unit, not everyone that you come across in your life or have friendships and relationships with are souls that travel with you. I think there are select few that will most likely be in your lifetime with you. Maybe not though. So maybe maybe this is. Maybe he's normally someone who travels with Joe, who has many lifetimes with Joe, if you believe in that. Right. And that's why he has this this connection. Yeah. Yeah. But how Or maybe it was just because Joe was the only grandchild at the time, so he was the only <laughs> vessel and then it was just like, well, I have easy access to Joe now, I so I'll do know. it again when he's 16. I mean, but for Joe to to have memory of that experience, like he kind of let go of his body. He was still there, but like right. he knew and could acknowledge that the voice coming out of him was like not his or like they were It reminds his me words. of hypnotism. Kind of, yeah. Where Ooh. you know you know what you're doing, but you've just kind of given up your your free will. Like your you're, consciousness. You're letting things yeah. happen and take hold and you're just – you've chosen to Whoa. be the observer. Wow. Fascinating. So fascinating. And kind of amazing that his dad was there to experience it too, just so that right. – you know, because 
probably a very confusing moment after the fact and mixed with the terrible emotions of losing your loved one. It is, I'm sure, reassuring that, Joe, you had your dad there to to acknowledge and and credit what had happened. Yes. Yeah. Well, obviously, his dad's been made a believer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Okay. This is from our listener, Angel, and it's called Forest Service Gals Encounter with the Not Deer (gasps) and All the Things that Lurk in the Woods. Oh, you have my attention. (laughs) I picked it for you. Hey, ghostesses. I am a relatively recent listener, and I found y'all in my endless desire for scary podcasts hosted by hilarious ladies. I'm only a couple weeks in, and I've almost caught up. Keep up the fantastic work. This is my first time writing into a podcast, but I think y'all would like this. Some relevant info on me. I was born in New Orleans and raised in the actual oldest town in the U.S., Pensacola, Florida. Despite this and my status as a baby-slash-newbie witch, I am remarkably unsensitive to the paranormal, except for some vivid demon nightmares when I was a small child in New Orleans, which is a story for another time. But now I live in the eastern Sierra Nevada mountains in California, and I work for the U.S. Forest Service. My job working for the Forest Service has given me the opportunity to live and travel all over the most remote places in the U.S., from the largest contiguous wilderness in the lower 48, shout out to the Frank Church River of No Return, Idaho, to the loneliest highway, Highway 50, Nevada, and of course, Area 51, Nevada itself. Sadly, no good stories from there yet. I currently live in the closest town to Bodie, California, on the edge of the Sierras and Nevada. This town has a population of less than 500, and aliens are just accepted as just another group of tourists here. (laughs) This is true for pretty much anyone who lives in or near rural Nevada, honestly. I give all this rambling backstory to put in context just how much people like me who live and work in these super remote areas know about what goes bump in the woods. One of the scariest encounters I had was from when I was working as an intern in the Frank Church River of No Return in 2016. That summer, I and 24 other young 20-somethings ran wild living 40 miles into the wilderness. 40 miles from the nearest pavement kind of wilderness, doing trail work, conservation, and generally just having the time of our lives. We would often go on road trips to interesting locations in the region It was late September, and five of my crewmates and I were returning from a banger of a weekend trip in Missoula, Montana, about four hours from our compound in the woods. We were going over the pass around midnight and 20 miles into our 40-mile dirt road drive home when a heavy blizzard struck. These sudden snowstorms are not too uncommon in September in the northern Rocky Mountains, so none of us were terribly concerned. I was driving, so I just stuck my car into four-wheel drive and kept going. My crewmate, Elle, was playing music from their phone over Bluetooth on the radio. Your basic hippie indie pop we all loved. Once we got to the summit, something odd happened. The Bluetooth cut out, and the radio started suddenly playing a very staticky and warped version of the Beach Boys' Merry Little Christmas Time. I figured I must have bumped the button on my truck, which controlled the radio on the steering wheel, since the roads were rather rough. We all were quite entertained and let it play since it fit the snowy weather. But then, my headlights lit up on something on the side of the road just out of the trees. 
And, you know, deer are not uncommon in the wilderness of Idaho, and many of my crewmates refused to acknowledge that it was anything but a deer. But this was definitely not a deer. A not deer, you may say. It was tan like a deer and on all fours like a deer. It was even the right size of a deer. But this thing was not a deer. Its limbs were all wrong. It had two long legs with joints pointed out backwards like a grasshopper. It didn't move in the graceful sweeping motion of a deer or even that bouncy getaway bounds. No, it moved in jerky, almost stop-motion movements. It didn't run away, but rather turned to look towards us first by moving those wrong-facing legs one joint at a time, and then its head in a motion that almost looked like it was the snapping of a broken neck. But the worst thing was this thing's face. It had a round, human-shaped head, featureless human-like face, and huge, all-black eyes that didn't reflect light at all. Unlike a deer, because their eyes reflect light. We were driving relatively slow, 15 to 20 miles per hour, because of the bumpy roads, heavy snow, and time of night. So I really doubt what I saw was just any old deer. It then skittered jerkily, unnaturally fast into the dense trees. As someone who lives and works in the wilderness daily and has for almost a decade, I have seen almost every wild mammal we got out west. I know of nothing that could be mistaken for this thing. Regardless of the conditions, I sped up and all of us sat the rest of the ride in silence, refusing to acknowledge what we saw out loud. I can't say I or any of us slept well once we got back to our remote cabins in the mountains, 40 miles from cell service that night. Dang, now I see what other people mean when they're saying their emails are getting long. If you're interested in a future email, I can tell you about my and my coworkers other encounters with the things that go bump in the woods. From a coworker survived encounter with BEK in East Oregon, my best friend and fellow Forest Service employees encounter with Bigfoot, aka the Thumper in Northwest Montana, and the general weirdness I've encountered in the Nevada forest, or the experience I had with a kind, protective wood spirit in nearby Yosemite who got me through a rainstorm during a hike. I also have ghost stories from the old houses and buildings I spent time in in New Orleans and Pensacola where I grew up, including a shadow figure I encountered in New Orleans in an underground railroad house and a pervert ghost in an old jail turned community theater in Pensacola. I hope you enjoyed reading. I've attached pictures of my kitty, Yuki, and Thistle to lighten things up a bit. Leave no trace. Get outside and see you on the other side. And Okay. Oh, my God. She saw it. This is like the thing that I always watch (laughs) and click on. This is like my perfect clickbait of these weird not deer sort of creatures mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know what the hell they are i mean people call them not deer no but idea. i'm like is this a version of a skinwalker oh i know Wendigo? like what what are these things or is it like a creature we just don't know of because they exist in these areas that are just like uninhabited and you know there aren't people to see yeah. them oh my gosh well i'm just glad that it it didn't it's not like it tried to kill them or anything you know like it i just know was seen but i'm just imagining it like moving like like Ugh. jerky and Ugh. broken and yes like, so disjointed yeah yeah the stop motion description is so it's spooky. also just i feel like anytime you you come across an animal that's just so odd looking or it's weird enough but an animal that is meant to look like something that you recognize and it's clearly got 
not. Yes. That's, I think, almost more disturbing than being like, what is this new animal I've never seen or discovered? It's like, I know that this is supposed to be this other thing, and it's just wrong. It's just off. It's just wrong. Also, can I just say, she starts this email by saying I'm like as unsensitive to the paranormal as you can get, but then lists like a thousand experiences at the end of this email that are very clearly the opposite of what she said. Yeah. Angel, I think you have more experiences than we do. (laughs) Yeah. Start your own podcast. We'll come listen. Seriously. (laughs) But also oh email us the rest of them because I do want to hear. Yeah, especially that pervert ghost, please. I'm yeah. I'm interested. Of course, that's the one that you want to hear about. Oh, I want to know what happened. I want to know about the BEK. I mean, I just imagine yes. – I mean, her job is so cool. But to live 40 miles away from everything and there's no cell service, I mean, I'm already – you know, my brain's already spiraling on all the horror movies of things that could happen mm-hmm. out there. And just I imagine every person in – that job or in that type of job has some encounter of some kind. Yes. I think anytime you're alone, anytime you're outside, especially, or like with crops, with wilderness, just in vast land, you're bound to see stuff, right? Yeah. Whether it be a weird UFO or these creatures. This just reminds me of the park rangers and and what people are hearing, what they're seeing. Yeah. I think what's what's creepy is what people are not repeating. Like what what people are experiencing and seeing, but they f- have so much fear or were scared by different groups of of people, of bosses, of whoever, into not repeating it, into not telling mm-hmm. us what's happening. Ugh. I could just think half of the Appalachian Trail is like that. Oh, 1, there's stuff happening. All people the are time. going missing. Yeah, but no one wants to talk about it because everyone's no. scared. I just had lunch with a friend who's been going on a um, cross-country road trip with her boyfriend and they've been like living in a van and I was asking her all about it and like, what's it like sleeping in the van in like national parks? Do you ever get scared? And she said there was one night where they both, her and her boyfriend woke up in the middle of the night and her boyfriend was like, someone just knocked on the door <gasps> and they looked out and no one was there, but like neither of them could sleep the rest of the night. So oh, it was just like- gosh. What Ooh, was it and chills. what would have happened if they went outside? No. See, that's the thing. I'm way more scared in national parks of the things out there yeah. rather than the people. I'm scared of it all. It all just terrifies yeah. me. I think there's a lot that mimics people too, which is – Yeah. Which yeah. is lure you in. Yeah. I feel like my fear of a lot of things has grown as I've gotten older. And I am very grateful I have better help to talk about it. Because yes. There's a lot of talking through my fears that needs to be done. Yes. I'm glad that you have that outlet and that so many people do. Okay. What do you have? I had just a mixed bag of spooky versus sentimental relatives and and whatnot. So I I have one that's a little bit more, I believe, if I'm remembering this one correctly, a little more uh, on the happier side. Oh, great. Of the spectrum. So we're going to balance it out. Don't worry. I'll end with with one that will keep everyone up. Okay, this is from Courtney. Dear ghostesses with the mostesses, I recently discovered your podcast after searching for women telling personal paranormal experiences. Well, that's specific to us. That's very specific. That's That's us. us. (laughs) I was not disappointed as your podcast is exactly what I was looking for, so thank you. I live in a small town in Kansas and my mom's parents live a block away. My grandma's sister, my great aunt, Winnie, visited only a couple of times during my childhood, but I remember her for being hilarious and for knowing sign language. It fascinated all of us. 
A few years ago, she passed away in her care home slash assisted living in California. My grandma was, of course, upset by this, so I stopped by just to sit and talk with her. I'll give you the house layout for reference. I promise it's important. So when you walk in her front door, you are in a small living room, and you can see my grandparents' bedroom door straight across from the front door. When you're almost to their bedroom door, there's another bedroom to the right that guests or grandkids will stay in when they visit. Well, that day that I went to visit my grandma shortly after Winnie had passed, I was walking towards her bedroom when I passed the guest room. As I passed, I saw Winnie out of the corner of my eye in her blue gown that she had worn in pictures from her care home slash assisted living. Oh my gosh. She was there, full color. All I saw was the motion of her straightening out a blanket on the bed. Kind of how you would wave your sheets when you put them on the bed. And without breaking eye contact with my grandma, I simply smiled and said, Winnie's here. And my grandma is a strong believer in spirits, and she was excited to know that her late sister had come for a visit. We both said hello to Winnie, we wished her a good trip, and continued with our conversation. I remember her presence felt very warm, and I remember thinking that she was just stopping by to say her final goodbye, to make her bed, and to tell my grandma goodbye for the last time. After Winnie passed, she was cremated and her ashes were divided among the siblings and kids. And my grandma opted to have Winnie's ashes made into a glass ball with red and silver designs. The ball sits on a small lit up stand that makes her ashes, the silver, shine. This activity, me seeing Winnie, happened after my grandma received the ball. Oh, I hope this story gave you the happy chills like it does for me. You girls are amazing and keep me sane at work when I'm the only one working in the office. It's not creepy. We have cats. <laughs> Same on the other side, Courtney. Wow, that is so remarkably sweet. And I love that Winnie was making the bed. Like I know. it makes me think that she was planning to stay for a little while. Yes, or or yeah, just just making it comfortable for the next person who Ooh, would take over nice. the space as well. Like she's she's done it. She's ready to move on, and she's just making sure everything's going to be comfortable for everyone else. Oh, so sweet. It is really sweet. It is. It really does make me wonder because I feel like the first story you read with – or did I read it? <laughs> <laughs> the first story, yeah, Caitlin's story where the grandfather, her boyfriend's grandfather, you know, appeared to her and the photo was on the uh-huh. mantle. And like this, Winnie appeared in the the, the – you know, decorative ball with her ashes was in the house just recently after or before Winnie appeared. Like, it does make me wonder if having some type of memorabilia of that person does make it easier for them to travel there. Right. Like, it's an easy, it's an easy draw. Like, the door appears in front of them and they have the option to go rather than kind of wandering and and searching for it. Right. It's like a touchstone. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I would so assume- you guys, if I ever die randomly, just put pictures of me everywhere. Yes, we will. It'll be like the movie Looper. You just look into a photo and you can get there. Oh, cool. I mean, I don't want to die, but <laughs> not yet. I don't but- want you to either. Did you see my face when you were like, cool? I was like, are you sure? Should I be concerned? Cool. Always, always be concerned about my mental state. Okay. <laughs> Great. It's a lot of weight ah! to bear on my shoulders. <laughs> okay, I have a story. It is from Valkyrie. It's called The Haunted House He Bought Us, Sucked Him In, and It Tried to Off Me. Casual. Go on. <laughs> hey, ladies, and the whole podcast gang, Ghost, Cats, Nick, and Fruitfly. My name is Valkyrie, like the Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, it was my birth given name. My mom was creative. Anywho. 
I have been listening to the podcast for about three months and I'm almost caught up. I listen all day and night. I'm a single mom of five children under 10 years old. I listen while I clean, cook, change diapers, basically up until I fall asleep. It keeps me motivated throughout the day. I laugh and gasp along with you girls. You two are friend goals for real. Sometimes I think one of you will be jealous, but you both are so supportive. It's beautiful. (laughs) Very nice. Okay. So I know you're here for the creeps. This is my very scary story that lasted years of my life. I had kids young uh, at 20 years old. I turned 31 on September 9th. Uh, no, that's exciting. Happy belated. You did the, you did the, just for, for clarity for the listeners, she, Valkyrie wrote, uh, Sabrina, you delivered yeah. the line so perfectly that I thought you were, oh, for a second sorry. you were doing that. Acting. You're so good. I guess I could have made a career of it after all. <laughs> it is, I do sometimes worry that, you know, like when I add in like my own thought after something, like that people won't be able to differentiate what's the story and what's me. Well, the UG, the UG was Valkyrie. We yes. think 31 is awesome. We do. Okay. I got married soon after to my best friend. He was supportive, funny, romantic, and an amazing dad. This is important for later. So about three weeks after having our third baby, we moved into our house that we bought with family help. We were desperate and slim pickings in our price range in California. So this house with three bedrooms, all walls intact and had plumbing, my husband put in an offer without me seeing it since I was still recovering from giving birth. When we got the keys and pulled into the driveway, I instantly felt depressed. Almost like when someone buys you a horrible present and you have to act excited. (laughs) I couldn't understand why I felt like this. It was a ranch-style home, three bedrooms, two baths, a dishwasher, two separate garages, and a yard. Well, I found out later it was the energy of this house. It started small. There were uncomfortable feelings in my bathroom when I showered. Cupboards would close and you would hear them all day when no one was there. But then my oldest daughter, who was four at the time, would be eating dinner with us at the table and point to the corner of the room and say, the black man is watching her. This black shadow man followed her around the house. He would always be there when she ate at the table. He would stand in her closet at night. My daughter told us he would yell at her, and she was just terrified. We would ask her what he said, and she replied, he said, Leave. Get out. Oh. But then my four-year-old daughter said a word that she has never heard before. The C word. The see you next Tuesday word. I knew at this point this was not made up. So I called a medium to come cleanse the house later that week. She walked in and the first thing she said was she has never seen as many spirits in one place. Oh, sweet, I thought. She started down the hallway, opening the closets and almost grimacing, but trying to hide it. And then in the kids room, she said, yes, there is a man in there that is angry. Next to our bedroom and bath, she pulled open my shower curtain and screamed. Next, the kids' bathroom, which is on the other side of my bathroom and sharing a wall, and the mirrors were lined up with each other. She casually says that there is a being that lives in my shower and watches people through the mirrors when people are in the kids' bathroom, and he is very thin and gangly. Every room is packed with lost souls, and even the closets in the hallway have creatures hiding in them. She explains that this area must have been close to a mental institution because these lost souls are very mentally ill and need help crossing over. Oh, that makes me sad. I know. The angry black shadow man lived in my daughter's closet and also cussed out the medium when she approached him. 
Next, she wanted to see the garages, and she mentioned that she saw blood pooled on the garage floor and thought that someone died there. She also said she felt the presence of an old man, presumably a past owner, and he was angry and didn't like women. Last but not least, she went to the smaller garage that my husband turned into his shop, and she stopped and said that no one should spend much time in there because that's where the old man resides the most, and he isn't good to be around. She apparently got most of the spirits out, all the lost souls, the black shadow man, and the thing in my bathroom. And as much as I would love to say it ends here, this was only the beginning. Thinking that the worst was over, things were good for a little while. But then I started noticing more and more activity, but also changes in my husband. Appliances were dying. We went through one stove, one water heater, three fridges, countless washers and dryers, three toilets, not sure why. This was all within four years that we lived there. Next and worse were the animals. We lived on land and we both wanted a tiny farm, but that didn't happen. First, we picked out 15 small fish for our tank and woke up to all 15 of them dead. All of them. This happened twice, thinking it was the levels of the water, but nope. Chickens, ducks, goats, dogs, and cats all died. Oh my gosh. One evening, I was laying in bed alone. My husband stopped coming inside more and more, and most nights would accidentally fall asleep in the shop. He came in to tell me he will come to bed real soon. I heard the garage loudly squeak behind him, and as soon as it shut, bang, on my bathroom door came from the inside of the bathroom as if someone took their two fists and hit the door with all their might. Terrified, I pulled the cover over my head and forced myself to sleep. The next morning, I checked the full-length mirror on my bathroom door and almost all the plastic holders were broken, and there were pieces on the floor. The next big thing was my husband and I arguing later that night about him never being inside anymore and practically living in the shop. I'm also not being dramatic about this. I would wake up early with the kids, and he would already be out there, or he had fallen asleep out there the night before. Never coming inside, I would bring plates of food out there, and he would miss the kids' bedtime. I was currently pregnant again with our fourth, so I was mad. And then he got mad because I was mad. I roll. But he wanted to prove that he did come inside, so he laid down in bed. He immediately started snoring, and I was too mad to fall asleep. But then something slowly laid down in the large space between us. I felt the weight go down and could see a large indent in the blanket and pillow. It was touching my arm, and whatever it was was cold, and my arm began to tingle. Freaking out, I pulled my husband over to me to fill the gap. I wasn't going to expose myself like that even if I was mad. The other thing that this haunting did was mess with our cell phones. They would glitch and just start doing things without you touching it. I would constantly have to restart my phone because when I was trying to type messages, it would type gibberish that I had no control over. One evening, my teenage sister spent the night and she was texting a friend before bed, locked her phone, and fell asleep. She woke up to text from her friend asking, What? Are you okay? She opened her phone to see that her phone sent two messages while she was sleeping. One said, okay, Jay. The next said, you are OMN. She was freaked out to say the least. My whole life, I have loved the paranormal. I would watch all the shows I could. Ghost Adventures, Taps, Ghost Whisperer, and all the American Horror Seasons. But while living in this house, I stopped. It was too real and things would pick up after I started watching things. We found that out the hard way. One night, we had some family over, and we were all watching a scary movie. It was about 10 p.m. The kids were all sleeping. I was on the couch, husband in the kitchen grabbing a snack, 
And then bang, bang on the front door. This was so hard that the door opened, but couldn't fully because of the top chain lock. My husband and the other guy that was over opened the door and ran out there thinking it was a person out there, but there was no one there. The front door was hit so hard, it had a crack down the middle. Fast forward a few years later, it was mid-morning, the kids were at school and the little ones were napping and the husband was out. I was flipping through the channels and Ghost Adventures was on. I thought I could watch one episode, it was sunny, and I thought, this can't hurt. But boy, was I wrong. I finished the episode and went out to the garage and sat in a lawn chair looking out at the yard. Then I heard a snapping sound, and all of a sudden, I was on the floor trying to breathe. Panicking and shooting pain in my back trying to catch my breath, I was still on the ground when my husband pulled up and ran to me. The 10-foot metal movie screen projector fell on my back, and my husband could barely lift it up away from me. I was in shock, not understanding how the heck that happened. Neither could he. He showed me the steel cord that he had hung it up with, and it was snapped in half. A steel cord. He said there was no possible way this two-inch steel cord could just snap like that. I had just bent over in my chair when it happened. Otherwise, it would have landed on my head. Well, those are the scariest things that happened in my house. It ended with the shell of my husband never leaving his shop, filled with anger. One occasion, he told me that he felt pulled to the shop and he thinks something wanted him there. I tried to stop it, but it took him over. I eventually moved out after a domestic violence incident, and he still lives in that house. Not the person I loved, but the man who he became. My daughters love listening with me, and now they know that Ouija boards are completely off limits. Thanks for all you do, ladies. Hopefully you will read this on the podcast one day. Happy Halloween, because it's always Halloween Valkyrie. I'm concerned. This, I mean, I know she's not she's not in this home anymore, but the aggression. So much. The hitting of her, the banging. It's like someone's punching with all their force. Yeah. It, it meant to do harm. Yes. It did do harm. And I'm sure if she had stayed longer, I feel like this this could have turned into, you know, another Amityville horror type of story yeah. where it just consumes everyone. Yeah. And the spirit is inflicting actual, true, physical yeah. harm and pain. And clearly is mentally breaking down the man that, you know, she once loved, who oh. became someone completely yes. different because of the house and because of the shop and I just feel so worried. I mean, I hope, Valkyrie, like, let us know, do your kids ever go back to the house? I hope not. And I hope, I don't know. I just, I feel like this is one of those situations where you have to send that medium back out there, like, multiple times. Like, every month, they need to go and cleanse the house. Yeah. And it's such a hard, it's such a hard situation where someone is being drawn in by this negative entity. But, but what more can you do? Like, what is your power to help them get out of that situation? There's a point where it's too far gone for your abilities. And so that's, I imagine that's, that's devastating. I mean, it's, it's kind of like a, a death of self yeah. at that point. It's like haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Ooh, oh, oh my gosh. Wow. This house is so scary. It's so scary. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. And I mean, like, you were never safe anywhere. You thought like, you know, after the – just the amount of spirits that the medium said was there is yeah. horrifying. That they well, were in and, monsters in closets and like people watching them through the mirror and – Right. They were it's like she said, American Horror Story. It's, yeah. It's that – I do wonder though, the amount of energy and power that this house has with all of the spirits and with the entities and the the negative energy surrounding it. 
what were the other families, the other tenants in in the past, what were they exposed to? Because I'm sure this didn't just turn on like a switch when she right. and her, her family had moved in. Right. I mean, well, it sounds like possibly the man who doesn't like women was mm-hmm. an old tenant or, you know, used to own the home and maybe he fell into the same darkness that, yeah, you know. Yeah, maybe he wasn't like that originally. Yeah. And now he's like, making it worse. You're right. It is like haunting of the hell house. You turn into this other thing and the house consumes you and you live there forever. And you're drawn back to it. You're drawn back to it. And then when you when you pass over, your spirit is tied to it. it. Oh no. (sighs) I hate that house. I am curious. I want like Valkyrie, did you ever do any research on like the land or what was around there? Was there a mental mental institution near there before? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean the the collection of spirits in it too. I imagine that there's there's a bunch of iterations and, and generations of yeah. people and and now with just that, like the dark energy, it probably just attracts anything in the area. Like a vortex just sucking all of the Ooh. souls in. Yeah, nope. No. Okay. This is from Christy. To my two favorite podcasting gals, thank you so much for your amazing work. This is so nice. I know everyone (laughs) writes these, but we still read them. (laughs) I've been listening to you both since the very beginning of the pandemic. To be honest, your podcast is the very first one I actually got into, and I adore it. That's so sweet. Thank you. Let me start by saying that being sensitive to spirits runs on my mom's side of the family, and there are many, many stories. But I will start with one. My husband and I moved to my hometown from San Francisco about four years ago. We had the amazing opportunity to move into my childhood home, and my parents moved into the house behind us. We are constantly passing snacks and goodies over the wall. It's pretty amazing and was extra great during the pandemic. Let me start off the story by mentioning a bracelet that my grandmother had given me when I was about 10 years old. It was my great-grandmother's, and it was very special. Me, being 10 years old, I misplaced it not soon after. I ripped my room apart several times to look for it and would constantly think about it and search for it before I moved home. I was 30 when I moved back into this house, and even up until that point, I had always had this guilt in my heart of wondering what happened to that bracelet, and I would think about it regularly. Our plan was to start our family once we moved, and it happened right away. Since moving into the home, I've never felt alone, even when it was just me in the house. There's definitely a lot of spirits and angels in this house. My mom always tells me that it's my great-grandmother watching over all of us, and she was my mom's light in her life, and she said that she's our guardian angel now. Being pregnant, I worried about a lot, like most first-time mothers. I've always prayed to my great-grandmother multiple times a day and would especially pray and talk to her out loud while I was pregnant. I would ask her to watch over the baby and to make sure that she was always safe and healthy, and I don't remember her at all, but... I feel like my mom's constant stories of her always mentioning her name made me feel like I did know her. While I was pregnant, there were a couple of times that I asked her out loud if she could show me a monarch butterfly. As I was speaking, both times a monarch butterfly flew in the exact spot I was staring at outside. Oh! It always put me to tears, and I always felt her there. So one day, when I was about six months pregnant, I was feeling especially worried that day because of an upcoming appointment that I had. And I, of course, had talked to my great-grandmother and asked her to watch over the baby and to put me and my heart at ease. I thanked her, and shortly afterwards, I walked out to the side yard to throw some trash out. My dad has this old pickup there and some random boxes and things from when we were kids inside of it. For some reason, I felt the need to stop, to take a breath, and to look around. I stood there and I looked up at the sky and for some reason I felt like I needed to look on the hood of my dad's truck. 
Mind you, I'd been out there many times since we moved. The first place that I looked, I noticed a small jewelry box that I had when I was a kid. I thought, oh my gosh, what is in there? That's like 20 years old. I walked up to the box and I opened it. On top, over all of the plastic kid jewelry, was my great-grandmother's bracelet. (gasps) It was placed so perfectly that it looked like someone had just put it there for me to find. Oh my gosh. It had been 20 years since I'd last seen it, and I immediately started bawling and felt instant relief about what I was worried about. I put the bracelet on and I've never taken it off. I knew it was her reminding me that she was watching over us and that everything was going to be okay. And the rest of my pregnancy, I was so much more relaxed and comfortable, and I knew everything was going to be great. I always feel her around, and it's pretty wonderful. There's one story I don't want to get into too much detail with because I've heard discussing specifics could give it energy. Also, my mom told me not to discuss it <laughs> too <laughs> because she feels the same. Oh, well, I'll put the key points below so that you have an idea. So a brief outline of what happened so you know what's going on. A baby monitor and toys will go off at 3 a.m., Doors will close on their own and move even when I'm scared in the room. My mom saged the house with me and prayed to our guardian angels to protect our family and our home. I caught what I believe is a spirit getting kicked out on camera. And I also saw a snowstorm of angel orbs the night of saging. I want to share this story as a positive one because I do believe angels are always surrounding us. There are always orbs on camera in my daughter's room, but it is truly incredible to see the intense amount immediately after we called to them and prayed for protection. I also read that guardian angels have a blue tint to their orbs, and you can see many of them do in the video that I had captured. It gave me such relief, and it filled my heart with love. You can see that the orbs in the video are clearer when I turn the lights out. I'm happy for you guys to discuss this on the podcast, but I don't feel comfortable with the videos being posted online. I also just want to say that I was so happy when you guys started your Patreon. I was like, finally, I can contribute something to this amazing podcast that really brings me so much joy. You guys are incredible, funny, smart, and so entertaining. I love how you seamlessly bring in your ads. Oh, thank you. (laughs) They crack me up and they're so clever every time. I appreciate that. Also, have you guys done any episodes that include Camarillo Hospital, which is now CSUCI? I've listened to every episode, but I'm just making sure I didn't possibly miss it. Well, now it's on our radar. We're definitely going to look into it. (laughs) Thank you again for all that you do and see you on the other side, Christy. Whoa. So it sounds like she very clearly has a guardian angel in her life, but it also sounds like there are some weird things happening ever since her baby was born. Uh, Yes, which I think happens a lot. I don't know if it's because children are more open and maybe they're they're attracting things or if it's just like – an exciting change of energy and and everybody wants to come see the baby. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, based on the reluctance and fear I was intuiting from Christy's email, I do worry that there's it feels scary. Mm, yes. But it is cool to hear that after saging and cleansing, there was this like immediate response of protective spirits. Right. Yeah, and that there's just this I mean, she's calling it like a snowstorm of orbs that there's yeah. all of Ooh, these that gives me chills. protective spirits coming in and circling. It reminds Whoa. me of like when animals will protect the babies and and circle around them, like elephants or like, like elk Cinderella or whatever. <laughs> like Cinderella, and everybody just circles around and protects the person and the or the the baby, the juvenile in oh. the in the center. Everyone protect the children. Everyone protect the children. Wow. It also makes me wonder too, 
this is just a thought I had. So if we're, uh, Sabrina and I obviously believe in spirits and the afterlife and souls because ghosts yes. wouldn't exist if people didn't have yes a soul. A if we haven't made that clear in the past four years. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is when a soul is put into a body and now we have a, a baby, are there are, are those all of the friends that they had, the spirits that they had befriended up wherever they are? before going into the body. Oh my gosh. Like, is it like, oh, so-and-so <gasps> needs backup. Everyone, go down. It's kind of like in Seoul when like all the yes, little... Yes, yes, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, so maybe you call upon your old community. It's like your network of who hasn't already been assigned a body. I like that. I like the idea of it. Yeah, so interesting. I'll come down and protect baby Corinne one day. Thank you. I'll before do the same I've been to you. reincarnated. I sure hope we remember our past lives. I know, me too. And I hope we can like tap in and remember this podcast and start a new podcast in our future lives. Or we just pick we pick the same one up. We're like, hey guys. Oh my gosh. I know I sound really different, but <laughs> this is me. <laughs> Whoa, could you imagine? We're like four years old being like, let's pick this up. All right. <laughs> We'll have to leave the credentials and the logins to our future selves. Yeah, we got to put it in a lockbox somewhere. Ooh, Ooh, that would be such a fun treasure a treasure hunt. map. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so into it. Wait, speaking <laughs> of, of treasure hunts and investigations, I just, before we move on, I just need you to tell everybody about the thing you received in the mail. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... The other day, I received a package that had Amazon taping on it, or it looked like it was from Amazon. And I open it, and there's a hard drive inside. And I was like, that's weird. And But then I was like, well, maybe like Corinne sent me a hard drive just because, you know, we use so much space on our computers with the podcast, and maybe she just nicely sent me one from Amazon. Which makes sense, because I often send you things for the podcast and do not tell you that they're coming. Yes, exactly. And, and most times, I can deduce that it's from you. But... I was confused, and and so then I texted Corinne, and I was just like, hey, did you send me a hard drive? And she immediately goes, no. <laughs> and so I start to panic. I'm like, who sent me a hard drive? And then I notice that the hard drive is open, like the box that it's in, like the tape had been cut. And so someone had opened it previously and then repackaged it. So I start to panic, and I'm like, oh, my God, did someone send me – like, one, first of all, who knows where I live – Second of all, I'm terrified to plug this in anywhere because what's on it? And yeah, what are you about to see? Yeah, but third of all, I need to plug it in somewhere, but I don't want to do it on my computer because I don't want to ruin my computer. And then I like look at the original packaging and then I start to realize it was like an old Amazon package and it had been reused and it was actually sent from a UPS store, but like also a UPS store that's like a block away from where I live. And so that made it even scarier. And then I saw the sender's name and it wasn't the full name. It was just the last name. And I was like, why do I know that name? Why do I know that name? And then I search it on my phone. And sure enough, it is our wedding videographer <laughs> who sent us all of our <laughs> raw footage. And I immediately, because Nick gets invested in this when I'm like trying to figure out what it is. He's like, that's so creepy. Especially and because you're constantly researching exactly crime and serial killers and like <laughs> thinking about dark footage and photos. I couldn't stop laughing afterwards because I was like, wow, like the fact that my brain goes to the darkest place first before like – Yeah, immediately. Trying to be sensical and logical. <laughs> right. Whereas I would assume a lot of other people would be like, huh, this is curious. Let me plug this in and figure out what this is. But immediately you're like, danger, danger. What is yeah. this? Yeah. 
Exactly. Which but, is what it's going to keep you safe. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's hysterical. It's so funny. It was such a good mystery. I'm glad you were in on it. Or you, I included, I wrapped you into it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was wrapped and full of pleasure reading your, your texts and enjoying this mystery alongside you. I have a story from Hannah, and it's called Two Stories, One Mine, One My Mom's. Hello, girls, cat, and ghost. This is going to be long-winded. Sorry. So the first is my personal story. The farmhouse I grew up in was built by my grandpa, Robert, in 1865, and it has been in my family ever since. When I would sleep on the couch in the living room when I was sick from the ages between four and eight, I would see a tall man with a big bushy beard staring down at me while I slept. When this happened, I never felt scared. It was a more calming presence. Years later, I was helping my grandpa clear out his office and ended up finding all the research that he had done on our family history. And there was a picture of the man with the bushy beard. I asked my grandpa who it was, and he said it was my grandpa, Robert. Now for my mom's story. When my mom was pregnant with my older brother, she was washing the dishes, listening to her radio like she always does. Suddenly, she heard my uncle yell, Jess, from the front room. He wasn't supposed to come over that day, but my family has a very open door policy with each other's houses, so my mom just continued to wash dishes and said, Come on in, Mike. I'm in the kitchen. But no one came in. And then she heard him yell her name again louder this time. Jess! This time, my mom was getting irritated, thinking my uncle was messing with her, so she went into the front room to open up the door to let him in. The front room of the house has big windows facing our driveway, and when my mom looked out the windows, my uncle's car was not there. So my mom just wrote it off as hearing things, and a few weeks later, there was a family dinner, and my uncle was there. He pulled my mom aside and told her of an experience that he had the same day that my mom heard him calling her name. He was with some of his friends just hanging out, and then one of his friends mentioned that he was a devil worshiper and wanted all of the other friends to take part in a ritual. My uncle, being the way he is, said yes and (laughs) let him perform the ritual on him where he was forced out of his body. When this happened, his spirit went to my mom for help. He remembers traveling to my mom and screaming at her while she did dishes for her to help. When he was pulled back to his body, his friend said that he was dead for five minutes. What? After that, my uncle never hung out with the people again. Those are my stories. I hope you enjoyed them. Stay spooky, Hannah. That's, are you kidding me? That's what was left Oh my gosh. Whoa. Oh my, I'm over here thinking this is reminding me of, of one of my high school friends who like, went on a on a date and went to church with this guy and ended up getting like baptized because she just kept going with the flow but this is way worse he way died. worse he died died oh my god but like so crazy that like he remembered everything that happened and he remembers traveling to her and calling her name for help and he <gasps> saw her washing dishes and she yes. heard him calling his name and was like what the heck oh my god Oh, this is so freaky. This makes me wonder how many other people this happened to. Because clearly there's some power with this group. And oh, my gosh. They, this is kind of reminding me of The Craft. I just watched it for the first time ever. Oh, <laughs> you did? I feel like I'm I'm outing myself. I'd never watched The Craft. But they just gain these – the witches in The Craft, their coven, they gain so much power and they, and they really, like, master their skill. And I feel like this group did something similar. Like, you don't just start off willy-nilly being able to do this. No. This is practiced. 
Ugh, I I wonder what the ritual was. Like the fact that he like almost immediately was unconscious and doesn't like or, or dead and doesn't know like what they actually did to him while he was projecting and leaving his body. Right. Yeah. Ugh. I know. That is creepy. Like is something attached to him now? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if anybody else out there has any knowledge of this sort of practice of what they possibly could be doing. Obviously, it's a guess for everyone because we don't know exactly what it is, but yeah. we're curious to hear if anyone's heard or done something like this or yes. can give us any clues. Also, this probably should teach you a lesson never to just say yes to someone who's like, I want to do a demonic, satanic ritual on you. Yeah, maybe ask some follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, sure. But I feel like that's easy to do if you don't believe and stuff. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Sure, I'll do it. And then this happens. Yeah. Ugh. Horrifying. At least Hannah's experience was pleasant. And she, when she was sick, would see her descent, like way back descendant, great, great, maybe grandfather. And he mm. would watch over her and just be like, it's okay. Yeah. See, you had some stories too where this episode where people were sentimental, reminiscing on, on their loved ones who passed over and reached back out to them, protected them a bit. Mm-hmm. But I do have one to end on, which is not that way. In fact, I'm not really sure how to describe it. So I'm just going to read it and we'll all figure out what, what we think. It I'm is so excited for this one because it I came clicked on this our- email so fast when it came into you, our inbox. Because I will say it came into our inbox and I went to go click on it and it had been opened. So like we, you were quicker than I was and I, and you had immediately put it into your folder. You're like, it's mine. Claiming it. Well, because I want to read it to you. <laughs> Yay. Okay. It's a story excited. for you. Of course. Okay. This is called My Mom is an Alien. <laughs> Hi, lovelies. So yeah, my mom is an alien. As far back as I can remember, she's told me and my brothers and my dad that she is an alien. It's either the longest running joke, so 33 years, from a woman with no sense of humor, or it's true. Let me qualify who my mother is. My mother is a 52-year-old woman, the fourth child of six that was born in Mexico and traveled to the U.S. in search of something better. She came from poverty, and now she has a double master's in business and communication. She has a bachelor's in education, and she passed the state bar in Texas because she was bored. Oh my God, I wish when I was bored, I just freaking did stuff like yeah, that. casual. I go on TikTok for seven hours straight and burn my eyes. That's my mom. She is a boss bish. Sounds like it. And I feel like I could understand some of these things, but all of these? <laughs> How? Weird things have happened. As a child, I would sit in the car with my mom and answer her questions out loud, and she wouldn't say anything out loud. I would hear her questions in my head, and I thought that this was normal until I went to school and found out that it wasn't. Oh, my gosh. My mom also doesn't age unless she wants to. What? She stopped aging in her 40s, and when too many people started asking her who her plastic surgeon was, she asked me if she should get laugh lines or crow's feet. She decided on laugh lines. Stop it. She has always told me to be careful about my thoughts because my will is a little stronger than everyone else. I manifest in a very immediate way. My very strong emotions manifest like a poltergeist if I'm not careful. (gasps) My younger brother, who is an aeronautical engineer, is obsessed with space and he is even smarter than my mom. She said that he feels the pull. Oh. Things that she has told me while growing up. She is one of many. She is closer to 833 Earth years old 
Government is archaic and they know about aliens. Humans limit their abilities out of fear of being different. Time happens all at once in an endless loop. There are thousands of dimensions overlapping all at once. Humans don't understand what sleep is for they waste too much time. That one got me. I'm like, what should I be doing instead? <laughs> like, how do I not sleep? Because I'm always tired. I know. Money has a cheat code. Give what? us the cheat code. <gasps> it's like the Sims. Rosebud exclamation point. Yeah. Asterisks. <laughs> yep. Life is numbers. Souls exist. Your will shapes matter around you. Ooh, I don't chills. know. I know. I want to print this out and put it on my mirror. Yeah. This is like my morning mantra. <laughs> I don't know what else to say other than no matter who asks my mom, her answers are always the same. Over the past three decades, her answers have stayed the same. Here's a text thread from yesterday. Some answers that will really leave you with more questions. And yes, Corinne, I asked about Bigfoot for you. <laughs> oh, my God. I just started listening like 22 days ago, and I'm only on episode 133. Wait, that's a lot, though. Whoa. So, way to go. So hopefully you guys read this. I'll find out in a couple weeks. See you on the other side, Melissa. But then here's the text thread. I'm going to read all of the photos that she attached. Should we John. read it? Should we read it like a script? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Okay. okay. You can be You can be mother. Okay. Madre. See? Are you an alien not of this planet? Correct. Where are you from? Space. There is no such thing as planet names. Just wander until you find a place to procreate and then move to another. And you chose Earth. Seemed right at the time. Would allow me to see the critters grow and produce before it was no longer viable. How many aliens are here on Earth? Wait, the Earth is no longer viable? Soon. Maybe another hundred or so, which in my time is like a month. What is death? Death? For humans? Both. It means the loss of life. For me, it means this journey has ran its course and a new one must begin. So are you just consciousness? Figment. Am I an alien? Part. Do I get a new journey? You do if you choose to, or you can simply fade. So what are ghosts? No idea. Made up by humans. No! <laughs> what is God? When we journey to other areas, we have not yet taken the form of the natives. Maybe humans see that as God. Mermaids? Bigfoot? Dragons? Fairies? All of those are natives of their origin. But now back to God. Hmm. Yes, back to God. Hmm. Never been seen. Every journey there is a God, different but a God nonetheless. Keeps natives in line. Do humans exist anywhere else? No. Why? They cannot adjust quickly enough before they fade. Wow. So what happens when Earth is no longer viable? Is that a cliffhanger? Yes, that's a cliffhanger. We don't know <laughs> what the answer was, but here's one more screenshot. Are alien abductions real? Yes, but it's only to prevent the abductees from harm in their native land, returned when safe. Why are those people protected and others aren't? I have so another many questions. We need screenshots of you and your mom's texts from the time that your iPhone ever existed. Let us Melissa. get access. Can she come on Green Room with us? I was just going to say, can we have like a full conversation with your mom? Yeah, you and your mom need to come on and talk to us. If you feel comfortable doing that, because we are just so I have so many questions. So many. We're both like holding our faces. Yeah. I feel like, we're <laughs> I feel like we've accessed something that we weren't supposed to. Ugh. And we're about to get some answer. <gasps> are we about to get abducted? Wait, but uh, only, only if we're not meant to have harm happen to us in that moment, I would assume. But it's about to. That's so I so hope, interesting. I kind of hope not <laughs> if that's what abductions are. That's so interesting. I want to know the different types of aliens, if she knows specifically where she came from. 
if she can feel the pull too, if she has any sort of communication with others, how she gets to choose her human body. Where else did she live if she's 833 years old? Yeah. In Earth terms. Does she, she have obviously more kids? Lived before? How many yeah, kids does, does she have? Yes. This is, you know who I'm picturing? Have you, did you ever watch any of the Marvel movies? Some. Like, yeah. Some. Okay. Did you watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume yes. 2? Uh, no. Yes, okay, maybe. the second one, basically Chris Pratt's character finds out who his dad is. And sorry if this is a spoiler alert to anybody, but the movie's been out for years. <laughs> but his dad is, is this alien who lives on one planet and goes to different planets and, like, falls in love, or, like, quote-unquote, falls Whoa. in love with different different alien species and procreates with them. <gasps> and so he has so many children. Oh, whoa. So, I mean, I think it is – it's possible. I just wonder, too – if you're an alien, what what is your objective? Like how do you how do you fit in? How do you change your mindset and your framework to yeah. operate the way that you're intending to as the like quote unquote native of Are there that training planet? Sessions? Yeah. Like how do you cause do I you imagine have, that would be you, hard, like to assimilate like that. And also does she like is she able to know who else is an alien? Also, yeah, are there, there different talent? types of aliens and how do you does like is there are there good and bad aliens? Well, and Melissa's part alien. So what does that yes. mean? Yes. Will Melissa get the option? It sounds or like is she yes. cursed with just being a native Earth being and doesn't get to potentially choose other journeys. Didn't her mom say like if if you want to, if you choose yes. to? Yes. She said, ah. "Do I get a new journey?" And she said, "You do if you choose to, or you can <gasps> simply fade." I have – I just – Melissa, you and your mom need to join us on Green Room. We need to yes. know more. I need to know – I have so many questions. Yes. I, it's hard to stop asking them right now. I know. I could rattle off 100 more. Oh, my gosh. This is so fascinating. And also so fascinating. eerie and weird to think that th- they just like – that she is an alien and she just fully exists. And also she can just like stop aging and add – right age lines to make other people think she's aging what i need to see photos of her i know and i also i i wonder if all aliens have this experience where they have this consciousness and their this awareness of the life that they chose or if she's in this like unique spot where she remembers everything what if there's a lot of people that are are living these human existences but sort of the deal of getting to see what it's like to be a human on Earth was that their their memory was wiped and they don't remember. Is that what star seeds are? Like oh, ba- maybe. basically, they don't remember who they are, but they have all of these extra powers and this pull within them that can't necessarily always be explained. Whoa! Ah, we gotta know. We need to know. We need to know. Well, Tell until then. <laughs> We do go on Green Room, which is an app from Spotify, so you can download the app on your phone. We go live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, which is 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, and we go live for an hour. You can raise your hand, come on stage, unmute yourself, join Sabrina and I, and tell your your stories, your experiences, mm-hmm. your encounters. So if anyone's interested, please join us. It's every Tuesday. We've had a couple so far, and they've been so, so fun. fun. So much so fun. fun. They really give me so much energy. You Truly. can also email us your ghost stories to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com for us to read on future episodes and encounters episodes like this episode. There's also so many ways you can support us. You can join our Patreon and watch this video or part of the video or episode as a video. 
lots of words there. Hopefully you understood what I meant. <laughs> you can follow us on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, which we're trying to get better at, and Twitter, which we never really use, but it's there. You can tweet at us. And you can buy merch. Yes, you can. You can also uh, appreciate alongside of us the team at Upfire Digital. Shout out to Aiden for editing our episode and making us a whole lot better than the raw cut <laughs> of this is. And we will see you on the other, other side. Very spooky.